Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is the author of the book, Matter of Time, Continue to March, Mr. Damon Roberts. Thank you for joining me. You're right. Thank you for having me. First of all, let me say, I just finished reading the book. <laughs> I meant to finish it a little sooner, but things kept coming up. So I said, you know what? I'm going to just wait to finish it right before the podcast. Man, what a book. I appreciate it, brother. I appreciate it. How you doing, first of all? Oh, I'm, I'm doing fine. I should be asking you. You the one coming off your birthday, young man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I'm good. I, look, I just, I just relaxed, man. Uh, ate, ate some wings a piece and relaxed, man. And I, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I really did. Right, that's what's important for you to enjoy your day. Yes, sir. And I definitely did. All right. <laughs> Let's get into the book. First of all, why did you write it? Um, I started off, it was more of a um, therapeutic um, treatment I was in at the time. It was saying like to write your story or to write or just to write in period. So I started initially then and that was 2007 and then um as time went on as far as my adjustment went you know when i came back from my rap um then that's when i decided to basically to try to complete it and and and, and write it with the you know things that happened to me with my transition you know from my rap what were some of the biggest challenges you you've uh, had finishing the book? Um, bringing back um, some memories and situations that um, you know just brought back just a lot of emotions, you know, a lot of um, anxiety or just feelings. Just you know, talking about it. But as you know, the years moved on, it was a little more easier for me to you know. To revisit some of those um, situations. Were there so any? Situ was, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I was saying that that was the that was you know that was the challenge and and um, you know the the main um, point that I really wanted to share was one um, you know was was that a lot of times um, veterans, especially African-American veterans, we don't share and tell our stories. And when you're going through, um, you know, I'm diagnosed with PTSD, when you're going through certain situations, a lot of times you think you're alone, right? So, you know, what, uh, what drove me also was me just dealing with everything that happened with me that Another emphasis was for me to write it just to it hopefully touch somebody else for them to share their story or or to look at their situation or or you know to or to get mental health treatment, you know, a try. Yeah. I think it's important that we start from the beginning. How would you describe your childhood? Well, I was um I grew up in um Washington, DC in the Northwest. Um had two parents in the home, father worked two jobs. You know, it was like the times in um in the 60s, in the 70s, um, when 
Washington, D.C. was Chocolate City, and my parents worked. And um, um, where I lived at, um, I, I, saw, I saw a lot and experienced a lot. But the main push and drive back then in the 60s and 70s was, was for us to, you know, um, get our education, um, participate in sports and, you know, everything that was going on, you know, during that time, Black power, civil rights era, you know, we just watching that thing, watching the um, Vietnam veterans return back, you know, all that. I was just, you know, was, was exposed to. So it was, it was a very exciting time and um, a time that, you know, for me, you know, they had a lot of, um, you know, black, black pride, you know, in ourselves to try to, you know, to make it, be somebody in this, um, you know, in the community. Let's talk about um, you joining the army. What made you decide to join? Well, I joined the, I joined the army um, at the time. It was 1982. I was a college student at Virginia State University, and um, I was um, getting ready to be a father of two. Um, I, my options was either for me to go in the street and make money, or I could go in the military. So I decided to go in the military. That made a whole lot more sense to me. <laughs> uh, you know, so I did that, and then one significant thing that it happened, uh, my father was able to tell me to explore all the options. Like I didn't know I could uh, go in as a split option soldier in the reserve, but I was originally getting ready to go active army, right? And when I was told that I had, uh, that was an option, and then um, I was able to get accepted in Howard University. So I did the split officer training and, uh, and, and uh, I was inducted in the Army in uh, March, 1982. I did my basic training, 82, Fort Knox, Kentucky. Then the next year I went um, Fort Jackson, South Carolina and did my AIT, 80, yeah, 1983. You mentioned your father gave you the guidance. How important was it to have not only, you know, because you know a lot of a lot of men unfortunately don't have that male guidance. So how important was it to have your father to give you that guidance to say, hey, make sure you explore all your options? Well, he was very he was very influential um in my in, in my life. You know, I was very blessed to have uh my father, he was very active. Um my father was a military veteran himself. He was in the Marines and he was in a unit called uh, Mumford Point Marines, which was an all black unit in World War II. Wow. And, uh, he did, and he always, um, you know, stressed and encouraged me to, you know, to be responsible for my actions, you know, to, to make wise decisions and, 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 he, and whatever information he had, he always told it or shared it with me, and um, and and that was good because a lot of times when you make decisions or you do things at a young age, I was twenty years old at the time. I didn't look at all the options, or you don't know to ask the right questions. You know what I'm saying? So I was very fortunate to have to have him 
you know, in my life to help guide me and encourage me, you know. And he set the example for me to, you know, like just questions he asked, you know, like anybody can uh, make a baby, but, uh, you know, it takes a real man to be responsible and be there. And, you know, he used to tell me, you know, like the, the diapers and the, and, the, and, the, and the milk and all that, that ain't nothing. What you gonna be when you start going, you know, when your children start going to school? Where you gonna be when they teenagers, when they, you know, experiencing are you gonna be involved? And that's that's what he encouraged me to do as he done with me. So I was very blessed to have that groundwork laid, you know, that foundation laid on me. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I'm sorry, I thought you were done. Mm-hmm. I was. I'm going to ask you, how do you ever think about if you didn't have kids, would you have gone into the military? No, I wouldn't have been in the military. Wow. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't have been in the military. <laughs> I'm going to fast forward a little bit mm-hmm. um, because I, I want to get more into, I don't want to go too in-depth in the book because I want people to actually get the book, but I do want to talk, I want to talk about the important things that came out of the book. And one of the things that happened while you were in the military, you went to, you went to Iraq. So what was your mindset headed into a combat zone? First, you know, for me, okay. Um, when my unit got mobilized for me to go to uh, Iraq, I was uh, due to retire. And um, so I was what you consider a stop-loss soldier. So my, mind, my mindset was, was, it, was it get the training, praying to God, and just saying, let me get the year over with and, 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 and let me do what I need to do, you know, the best of my ability and get back. And then I, re, you know, I would retire. So that's where that's where my mind was at. You know, so I embraced the training. I'm throughout my years, like I say, I was, I was due to retire. Um, you know, I'm 11 Bravo Infantry. I got a couple of them I was a drill sergeant in the reserve for nine years, classroom instructor. So, you know, I had the confidence, and then I was like. If I do this training and whatever situation come up, that I'm gonna be prepared for it. And then, you know, and after that, man, you just gotta have faith in God and just pray that, you know, hope no nothing happen to you. Yeah. Make it back. Yes, sir. <laughs> you you know, by the grace of God, you did make it back home. So what type of return was you expecting when you when you arrive? Well. A lot of things uh, that I had going on prior to me being uh, deployed, um, I was in my, I was what, 40, 40, I was your age then. I was like 40, I was 41, 41, 42 years old, give or take. Now I'm about 42, yeah, 42 years old, going on 43. I was doing well. I was. Uh, uh, social worker at DC public schools, special education. I was coaching high school basketball. 
Um, I was what you consider at that time, you know, married, kids. Um, I was heavy in my career and was doing well. So when I got deployed, all that kind of got put on hold. So when I came back, I was believing that, um, you know, people would receive me um, outside of family, that they would, you know, be happy that I came back and, you know, and would, you know, and be encouraging and supportive of my transition. And that wasn't the case when I came back. You know, I had uh, situations on my job, on my, my, you know, I heard about, even when I was in country, you hear about soldiers coming back, going back to their team or coaching and that, uh, um, you know, those, those situations. And, you know, welcome back like a hero. Well, that didn't happen for me. When I came back, they told me that they gonna move it back in another direction with the coaching, which, you know, uh, took me a while. I mean, I was hurt by it, but I had to suck it up because the time when they told me is when I came home on my, on my leave and I had to go back to Iraq. So I had to push that, push those feelings back. So, you know, uh, when I came back, I got told, told that um, I wasn't greeted back from um, my job, no welcome back, anything like that. When I retired, because my, my unit that I was in got reorganized, um, I didn't even really get to receive uh, nothing in front of a formation. I got a, a flag mailed to me in the mail. Mm-hmm. for you know from retirement so those situations made me um angry resentful um hurt and you know it took me and 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 i was self-medicating on alcohol and then that just fueled a a, a, a day-to-day week-to-week month-to-month year-to-year downward spiral I went. Mm. You touched on the alcohol. When did it when did it start getting bad? Like when did it start to become a problem? Um my alcohol use became a, a problem when I came back from Iraq. Be um, more I, I was more of a what you call a social weekend drinker. And when I came back from my Iraq, I was I was drink I was drinking every day. Wow. Um, uh, it didn't start off that way, but as time went on, I want to say by after I was back in country about a year, yeah, I was I was drinking every day, and I would you know isolate. Um, I was in and out of treatment. I wasn't receptive to the treatment for real at that time, and um, you know, so how I coped and dealt with was with alcohol. So, which is, you know, those who listen or whatever, eventually, um, you know, each person got to bear that cross, but the alcohol, when you saying it's helping you, but it's, it's making your situation worse. Mm. You know, at least it did for me. <laughs> it was like, it was like just putting another, each day putting a log on your fire. Did anybody, fire. did anybody step in and be like, man, like, did anybody call you out on the excessive drinking? 
because most of the excessive drinking, I'm telling you, I, I isolated, I was by myself. A lot of people didn't know that I was drinking every day. Maybe, uh, you know, you know, nobody, you know, I wasn't, I was still functioning and going to work and everything like that. But I was, I was coming home when I, when I got off work, I was drinking. I would drink anywhere from a pint, uh, about five or six beers, or I just get into a, a fifth of liquor. Whew. Get up and go do it the next day. I wouldn't drink the whole fifth, but you know what I'm saying? I might, you know, I could finish a fifth of liquor in, in two days. Mm. And you, but you were, so you, I mean, you, I'm assuming with all this alcohol, you were drunk, right? Yeah, I was drunk. But a lot of times I was drinking it for me to sleep, you know, off and on. I'm, I'm saying, you know, I was, I, I, I started drinking alcohol when I was about 10 years old. You know, the little Miller ponies. I don't know if you know about the little Miller pony, you sneaking them out at, at the cookouts. The little <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, in my years in the military, again, society conditioned us to drink, especially mm -hmm. the military, especially when I was drill side. And, and so I'm drinking, eventually it starts taking a toll, but I'm saying, I'm drinking, I'm still exercising, Doing what I, you know, doing what I do. So yeah, I'm drunk. I'm in the house. Man. You know, few occasions, you know, when I'm, you know, when I'm out, and I really wasn't around a whole lot of people. So when, like, you know, so the person that's calling me out, uh, you know, was was more at, you know, was more at home, you know, which, you know, again, one of the main things when when soldiers return back is almost. Most of everybody pretty much go through it. Your, your relationship with your family, or, or, or your or your your marital marital or personal relationship goes down. I'm divorced. I'm remarried now, but I'm I'm divorced. It go it it went completely down. Wow. Mm -hmm. So be so between the between the deployment coming back and the alcohol, it was just too much. Yeah, that, and then and then the way you just deal with normal life pressures. I mean, like I had I had problems for about about a good two three years just driving in traffic from just some of my convoy experiences. I had had a lot of anxiety. I had if I got caught in traffic, that wasn't that wasn't gonna be a good day for me. So. Um, so just, just dealing with all types of, you know, just life problems. I mean, everything just piled up. So, you, you know, the way I used to cope with it or deal with things, I wasn't able to, to cope and deal with them in the same manner. Mm -hmm. You know, cause, cause um, my actions or the way I carried and conducted myself over in Iraq, which was maybe normal, Yelling and cussing and <laughs> doing what I do, and you return, you return back, back here in the U.S. and go to school or work environment, and I start yelling and I couldn't be cussing, right? So then you normally, you know, you you flee the situation, which then eventually, you know, I had problems 
you know, really maintaining my job because I couldn't go to meetings. I wasn't, uh, you know, I was fine with the kids. It, it was with the adults. I had very, I, I had, I had very low tolerance for uh, whatever I deemed that was unnecessary, or you know, I had very low tolerance for it. Mm. I'm, a, I wanted to, I wanted you to elaborate on something that you put in your book and mm -hmm. it was a statement that really stood out to me you said you believe that returning citizens from prison get more respect than returning vets in the black well, community yeah and yeah yeah when i when when i came when i when i came back from my rap most of everybody was like, man, yeah, you know, we glad you back. But then it's like, man, what they really over there for, man? Y'all want no weapons of mass destruction or, or man, you fighting the white man's war. You know, what you doing, man? You know, it was like, man, you back and move on because maybe everybody don't uh, have that experience. Unfortunately, we got a lot of experience with friends and family members that have been in that criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. And it was just then when I when I came when I came back from prison, um, in the community, I just got a little different reception. Man, we glad you back, man. You know how you doing? <laughs> I didn't get that when I came back from my ride. It was like, man, yeah, you back, and man, they was moving on to the next. Besides my family. So you think it was? So you think it's more because we because in the black community we deal with more returning citizens from the prison system as opposed to returning vets. And I believe my experiences make me believe that. Okay. Even though, man, they don't get it wrong. It's a lot of uh, veterans. It's it's some veterans in you know in 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 the black community. You know, now okay, now, now, now let me let me say this though. My church, when I was attending regularly, my church wel welcomed me back. My church welcomed me back. Again, my family welcomed me back. But now here go the problem at church. Again, I didn't like crowds a whole lot uh, uh, when I came back from my rap. And then I had a very short fuse, or I felt very uncomfortable when you say, man, praise the Lord, I'm glad you're back. Mm. What was it really like over there? What happened with this? Um, it was no mass destruction. We over there for no reason. When you start getting all them little different viewpoints, you know, it wasn't going to go well with me. Either I'm going to shut up and walk away, or I end up probably cussing you out. And you uh -huh. like, you probably, you was like, man, I was just asking. And I'm, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you know, you know, I'm cussing your ass out. And they like that, you know, which causes conflict, you know. So, yeah. so, so, so therefore, again, with that, then I'm feeling bad. And then again, that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, I saw comfort instead of, it took me a while again. I saw it was easy for me to go ahead and have something to drink. When I tried some of the prescribed medication, um, it took a while for me to find some medication that 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 worked for me. Cause one time I took some and it and it really they switched the dosage up on me, and uh and it really made me sick. So that made me have uh, and that happened like oh okay, 
07 is when I was diagnosed with PTSD and when I really started receiving services. So like I said, I came back in 06, August 04. I came back, I left August 2005. I returned back August 2006. And um, November 2007 is when I was um, diagnosed with um, PTSD and started receiving some treatment at the um, VA hospital. You know, Did you even know what PTSD was? Well, I was a social worker, so I was aware of it, but not to actually experience it. I never really experienced um, knowingly, although it's, it's a lot of people suffering from PTSD just in our community for mm -hmm. the trauma and the drama they seen, you know what I'm saying? So. But I didn't, I wasn't aware of it as, as I was, as I was going through and the more I learned about it and treatment. So yeah, I, I, I really wasn't aware of it like that, no. Let's, let's, um, we, I kinda, I had you address the return to home situation comparing um, vets to return to citizens from prison. And the reason we talked about that is because you actually went to prison. So I wanted you to tell the people how come you went to prison? What was the charge? Okay, well, my charge was um was um bank robbing. Um at that time, I probably that was probably at my 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 my, my worst point. So this was year four of my transition home, and I was in and out of treatment. Um, and my charge again was bank robbery. I robbed um, six banks, and um, you know, I thought my my life was over. Eventually, when I got caught, and um, I accepted my responsibility and pled to three months. I mean, for for um, three counts instead of the six counts, and um, my federal sentence guidelines was uh, fifty one months to sixty three months. And then um, that's when things changed. As I was at my lowest point, things just started moving and changing for me. And with that, I, I received a lot of grace. That was my, um, I didn't have any adult charges. Um, my lawyer that I had, they did a, um, an additional memorandum uh, Besides just the government pre-sentence report, and they talked about my um, community service and and my military service and things you know that went on with me over in Iraq, and um, to my surprise and by God's grace, the judge uh, split my split the five years up for the least amount, and he gave me two years in. Uh, uh, incarceration in uh, three years on on supervised release, wow. and that's when and that's when um, I made the really start writing more and putting it more in order when I was incarcerated. The book. I'm a, I'm gonna stop you for one second because that that's a very important fact. I mean, you was looking at 51 months, and the judge actually showed some leniency. And gave you what, 24 months, right? Yes. With, 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 um, with, you served 10, so that time was credited. 
So what was the, what were you feeling, man, knowing that, wow, you know, this actually wasn't as bad as it could have been. Like the, you, you know, for a fact that God's grace was with you when you got a, a very, I'm not going to say a very light sentence, but it could have been a lot heavier than what it was. So what was your feeling knowing that it, that you got some grace and mercy? Hundred percent. Just, I mean, it. When I got incarcerated, I basically uh, renewed my spirituality. Right, you know, I ain't had nowhere to look but up. My way wasn't working. I, you know, I, I, uh, you know, was a Christian, but during my four years of transitioning back, like I say, I strayed away from that. I felt as though that um, God turned His back on. I felt the things I was, you know, things that happened in my life. I've, I've questioned like, why did they happen? And, 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 and so that's where I was. And that's how I end up doing those actions. Uh, Cause I felt I was old something. That's how crazy my mind went. I felt I was old something. Mm. So, uh, but when I got incarcerated, I started, looking at things in a more different um, viewpoint. You know, I started looking at things in a, in a spiritual um, viewpoint, like, you know, everything is in, is in God's hands. He know my heart. I recommitted my faith, you know, God, man. And, and then, and then he just started working in my mess. He worked in my mess. So, you know, when I when when I received the sentencing that I that I received, you know, I was thankful. And then my mind then was on, you know, just when I do return back to the community, man, just to, you know, rebuild my life and, you know, get myself together and, and just give God, you know, the praise and the glory through my actions. Not by my not by, my, not by my mouth. I mean, I'm, I'm going to give him the praise through my mouth, but I'm talking about not running around. At that particular point in time, my mindset was not to go around and, 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 and try to convert and tell folks, you know, I'm, I'm staying my, in my spiritual gifts or when God lead me, you know, whatever direction. But it was for me to make a change in myself. So what I say and what I speak, um, you know, people was would see that and 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 part of that you know is me eventually being able to um you know complete and finish my book which i published it in in 2019 like i say it took me it took me it took me a while and and i restructured it and shortened it down or whatever and, and that's my main thing i just wanted to show uh and and and, and reach other uh um People that's out here that's going through something, whether it's veterans, if you're in the military or you just out in the community, period, that um, you know, whatever obstacles and things that 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 come about, that if you um you put God first and you make a step to try to change and and and, and conduct yourself in the right way. And if you got a problem, admit your problem and get help for your problem. So for me, my problem one was was the alcohol, which eventually I, you know, I, I, I that's a, that's another story. But alcohol, but at the 
most important thing I had to admit to than anything else was that I had PTSD. That's mm. what I had to admit to. How long did it take? So it took you going to jail to realize you had it? No, I knew I had it, but it took me to go to jail for me to say that, that some of the services or the treatment that was available, like I say, I went half-heartedly into it, you know? So I had time to reflect and say, you know, some of that was 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 me, you know, like for instance, I didn't want to do uh, group therapy. I wanted to do individual therapy. So I was able to do individual therapy for maybe about eight months. And then they said, okay, you got to do group. Well, I ain't go no more then. Cause I told them, man, you can't tell me I want to go to group and I'm telling you I don't want to go with nobody else to talk. I want to keep working. I ain't ready yet to go to group. Oh, okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? So when you so when they put it that way to me, I ain't, I, I didn't go no more. Some of the other obstacles buried for me was just some cultural differences as well. I had some triggers, you know, when I first came back. You know, saying I mean I I respect all people, but I had some triggers when I came back. So if I was around uh, someone from the Middle East trying to do some treatment and then we ain't understanding, man, that's that's a trigger. I'm, I'm get angry and I probably walk out, or I might cuss the person up. You know, I'm trying to figure out what you're doing here, working here at the VA. See what I'm saying? So, so, so then they start terming me as non-compliant. The a, another big thing was I didn't accept um, that alcohol was a problem either. So now I didn't want to go to treatment. If you tell me something about where maybe you don't need to be drinking this alcohol. Man, that was a, good, a quick way for you not to see me again. Because I'm saying to myself, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> did you not want it? Did you not want to accept it was a problem because you didn't want to stop drinking? I didn't want to stop drinking. I, 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 when I came out of prison, I was still drinking. The only thing I, I've been, I've been alcohol free since um, March 2017. So it's going on what? 18, 19, 20, it's going on yeah. every four years this March. Congratulations right? on that. Yeah, and and, and, and and I'm taking it day by day, but what made me really look and see I had an alcohol problem, okay, um, I came back from prison, 13, 20, um, 15, I remarried, Got me another job working with the homeless after I was told I wouldn't get a job or whatever, man. You know, uh, I was cleaning buses. Um, you know, the bus in PG County called the bus. I was cleaning yes. the bus. Yeah, I was cleaning the bus. You know what I'm saying? I ain't had no thing, you know what I'm saying? I took whatever job situations that I, you know, that came my way. I did because I lost my social work license for having a feeling. Mm. So um you know, so it was all, it was a, it was a transition. And then, uh, you know, I, I stated this before, it was sort of like the Bible verse, I can't get it verbatim, but it was basically like a, a dog returned to his vomit. That's how I was with alcohol. Things was going well. Again, with me, I was back to social drinking. And then I took that little bit of success and, you know, I'm still drinking and I, I crashed, I had a DUI. I crashed the car, crashed in multiple cars, 
off, mm-hmm. off of uh, I had a flashback at the light, thinking somebody trying to trap me in. Car going over one way street, and the car was coming out of the park, and I'm thinking uh, people that was behind me was arguing with, and it was nighttime, and hey, I rammed the car in front of me, kept going, hit two more cars, land on, end up on a a a, a, a park motorcycle, and luckily. I didn't get hurt, but I told him my car and I got a DUI charge. Mm. And mind you, all this happened, I, I just got off papers. Oh. And, 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 and had I still been on uh, federal supervised release, the judge already told me if I even came back in there, I was going to do the rest. You know, I was going to, I was going to see three years in there. That's, that's, that's what he was saying. So, wow. uh, uh, so when I had that accident, and got that DUI. That's when I went into the uh, the VA uh, on substance abuse and alcohol program, and uh, and then that's when I got that particular situation straightened out with, you know. Wow. But when I but when I came out of prison, I started. I went back and I and I actually participated in all the the treatment things that was uh, that was available it was a whole lot more available now oh, than it was in uh 2006 like like i say before the first thing they push you through is the medication and maybe some groups now they got you know you can do yoga soft yoga meditation acupuncture you know what i'm saying and they got different groups anger management you know uh a relationship group you know, I was going to the vet center and the VA. So I was going to more groups and doing that more than you would say, even do AA. And then when I went to the program, you know, most of my AA or whatever, I do them up at the VA center. Wow. You know, so when I really became receptive, that's how I was able to go ahead and, and finish and finish and, and, fin- and finish the book. Cause I was like, you know, uh, wow. You know, after sitting in rooms, you know, I've been on both sides of the table as, you know, social worker. And, uh, and, and I also been on, you know, like I said, I've been on both sides of the room. So just something that really touched me was that, you know, we don't share our stories. A lot of people go through some of the same um, experiences or the same feelings. Well, we may act them out differently, but a lot of times we don't put ourselves in a position to hear to get the encouragement. Mm. You know, sort of just like church, right? You can't, you know, you 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 can read on your own, but every once in a while you gotta fellowship and hear something from somebody else, you know what I'm saying? And and pray that what he's saying is something that God can whatever you grappling with, you know, you get, it's the same thing with, with, with the treatment. Now, as far as that mental health treatment, that was, a, when I grew up, that was a, a taboo. Yeah. And in the military, they trying to break the, you know, bury it down. You in the military and you saying, you're going to sick call or something like that, man. People looking at you like, what? You weak, you, you a loser. Mm. <laughs> you a zero. <laughs> So let me, because let's let's stop right there for a second, mm-hmm. because because of the stigma of mental health and being people viewing it as weak, was that one of the things that stopped you from getting help? 
Yeah. Yeah. I say again, when you when you put yourself out there to try to express yourself about something that bothers you or you know whatever and 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 if you feel as though it ain't received the right way it'll turn you off up you know away from if you have a bad experience you know i could tell you one bad experience i had at the va this and this was again off of some cultural difference i described the situation with um my younger daughter when i came home and how upset i was and what I felt like I wanted to do, right? Now, mind you, I'm a social worker. I said what I felt like I wanted to do, and I'm telling you about something that happened a week ago. He called Child Protective Service on me. And said, oh, you understand, you a social, that's another thing with a burial for me to get help. Soon as they found out I was a social worker, they say, oh man, you understand, oh, you know how to do this. Nobody ain't listening to me, that's what I'm saying. Nobody listened to me or was able to work or I wasn't able to express it, was able to, you know, work with me. So, yeah, those experiences went bad. When you have somebody call child protective service on you, I'm looking at this man, so needless to say, I'm trying to get at this man in the hospital. So now here come the, you know, the security guards. I'm like, man, he did what? <laughs> And I'm sitting there talking to you, you know, I said something about what I was thinking about doing about a week ago. I mean, we good now. <laughs> so now what it made me do for a lot of years, uh, I'm not going to just openly share and say things to you. And then I had majority of the people at that time when they found out about it, they was like, that person shouldn't have, shouldn't have done that. But that person was new and wasn't even a veteran. He, you know, probably wasn't a good spot for him to work. Matter of fact, he didn't stay there much longer after that. Wow. Yeah, he called time sex service. And then look, nothing happened. Nothing happened when they came, nothing happened. But it was just the fact that he did it and that somebody came and wanted to talk to my daughter and uh, ask her. You see what I'm saying? Just yeah. to go through that. So mm. that was Man, when that happened that time, I ain't I ain't go back in to talk to nobody for about another year. Damn. <laughs> wow. Took me about another year. Now the whole time, I want some help. Damn. Let's talk about let's let's talk about where you are today. Mm -hmm. what, what inspires you? Like what, what do you feel your purpose is now after everything you've gone through? Well, now, what inspires me now is that I know um, by sharing our story or me sharing my story, you know, I always have viewed my social work, counseling, coaching as a seed planter. I'm still a seed planter. So I just renewed that spirit in me. I'm a seed planter. I can't. I only I, I can't um only way the seeds gonna get planted is by me doing what? I gotta put some work into it for in the type of work for this seed to be planted, I gotta share my story. And and if it touches somebody or a veteran or even a service provider about how you provide service to veterans, you know, then 
I give all I give all the glory to God to that. So right now, um, with the book and you know different podcasts, it's me getting out, getting the word. I mean, like this is therapeutic for me right now. Hmm. See, so so now the other part, this now this phase of my life I'm in now. <laughs> I've been telling everybody. So now I am. Uh, 2017, 20, 20, uh, you know, I'm I'm 100%, you know, I'm I'm 100% disabled and everything, you know, by you know military. So for the all intents and purposes, I am I haven't been working since 2017. I just do some side work here, there, you know, uh, and and so right now though, I work for my family. So I'm trying to encourage my kids are grown. All my kids are grown. I encourage them, but. I try to be available to my grand, my grandkids, and you know, and people in the community or whatever God, you know, touched. This COVID nineteen slowed it down, but through this book and social media and 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 like this podcast, you know, I'm still able to, you know, just share my story, spread the word, encourage, tell veterans that it's okay, you know, to go to treatment. Don't get discouraged the first time if it don't go, you know, be able to gain your voice and, 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 and let them know that, hey, you know, this medication ain't working, you know, cause this is a trial and error. That's what they, I mean, it's really trial and error. Can't give, every, everybody can't take certain land and everybody can't take this other one, you know, certain stuff is, you know, I learned that early, I learned, learned that early on and they doing a little better in the VA as far as, you know, with, we got a bigger VA here in DC, in DC but the, the VA is better now because before, like you wouldn't see the psychiatrist like every three or four months and mm. don't miss the appointment, don't miss the appointment. And they the ones that manage your meds and then you really want to see nobody else. But now they got, uh, you just don't have to see the psychiatrist. You also see, uh, 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 I guess, a psychologist, mental health that, that you can see now every two months if they deem it more, they see more or, and then that's when I'm saying they got other, uh, you know, programs and stuff available. Now, now the only way it's a barrier for you, if you in the reserve or national guard, and let's say if, you know, cause you're working and now I can't tell you everything that they have in the active army cause I haven't been in the active army since 2006, but you know, with the suicide rates, you know, I mean, I even had that impact my family. You know, I had a, uh, God rest his soul, I had a, a son-in-law that was in the military and he never really got a chance to really talk, but um, he took his life. Wow, my condolences. Yeah, he took his life, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, and at, and at, and at my lowest point one time, I, I thought I thought about that as my, you know, myself, but, that ain't last no more than about 15, 20 minutes for me. You know, and it impact people different ways because you could just feel like, man, you know, nobody don't understand. You ain't got nobody to talk to. And then, man, and that's when that, that, that devil mean in your mind to say, man, just go ahead and man, end it. Mm. Same way that you just saying it with the alcohol or, you know, whatever you use. Like, man, I'm you ain't doing nothing but trying to change your mood. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's what you're doing. <laughs> or yeah. that's what you 
you, I mean, you it's going to happen, but that's what you're doing. It's just depending on, you know, for every drug, it's a side effect. Man, man, I listen. I, I like I said in the beginning, I read this book. I encourage everyone to go out and get the book. I want to thank you for doing this, and you know, it's years down the line, but. After reading the book, thank you for your service to the to the country. Just um, and coming home, making a difference. I want to say, you know, I, as a man, I appreciate everything you're doing, and I wish you all the best with your journey because I know some great things ahead with the book and what you're doing in the community. So I just pray that everything works out for you and you continue to remain strong. I appreciate it, and I and I receive that. Thank you. Yes, I receive it. I appreciate it. Make, make sure we tell the people how they can get the book and how they can follow you. Okay. Um, on, on Instagram, I'm uh, at author Damon Roberts. Um, you click the link in my bio, you can get the book. The book is available on Amazon. Um, if you uh, message me on Instagram or whatever, you know, I send an autograph copy to you, whatever. I take, you know, cash out or whatever. Um, I'm also on um, on uh, Facebook at um, at Arthur Damon Roberts. And so that's, that's me on the social media uh, platform, but the book is available on Amazon. That's what most people use. It's, it's available on Amazon. And it's a matter of time, continue to march. And it's about my uh, my transition from Iraq back into the community and um, some of the my experiences and things and and some bad decisions that I made and um, committed a crime, went to jail, be, renewed my spirituality and uh, came back rebuild my life and, and um, then I had to address that last demon was that um, I, I was an alcoholic. Mm. Then, you know, and I just been taking it one day at a time, you know, with this and and I'm just a big proponent of uh, encouraging folks that if you need some mental health treatment and I think a lot of, I think, I think America and people are getting more acceptable towards it you know you hear self-care and all you know all that stuff is important you know yes and and and, and sometimes you got to find somewhere safe to say what you're saying i can't just tell anybody my feelings and let's say i'm drinking with them you know or they not a mental health professional you know for so so this is what i had to learn like for instance if i had a car problem would I take my car to the dentist? No. <laughs> take it to a mechanic, right? Yep. If I got a mental health problem, right? You got a couple of spots. You can take it to the on a spiritual part to a pastor or a church group or whatever, or you can take it to mental health professionals. That's that's been trained, you know, to deal with it. And and then again, they got, you know, but you gotta put yourself in a situation so you can find out what's available and what works for you. But 
But before you can do any of that, like anything else, you got to first accept that, hey, man, I got a problem. <laughs> you're right about that like i said again everybody, everybody, look and everybody can go see somebody and talk trust me but you know back in the day you know we talked to god hold on yeah so, yeah it, it was a pleasure man it was, it, 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 was, it was a pleasure you know it's not a hard read. I tried to make it, you know, I mean, I, I didn't make up nothing. I just told you, you know, what was going on. I tried to make it interesting. And, and again, you know, prayerfully that it, it, it touches um, any military veteran or even, you know, the returning return citizen. Honestly, I, it, it's a book. Honestly, I think it's a book anyone can relate to. I, I'm sure being a veteran or someone who was incarcerated can understand it more, but just on a human level, it's a very relatable book. So I encourage everyone to read it. Like he said, um, it's not a long read. It's very, it's very, um, it's good. It's a really good book. He does a great job of detailing his journey. Um, it doesn't take you a long time to read it, but it's very interesting. So I encourage everyone to pick up a copy of it. Yes, sir. Appreciate and I, that. again, uh, uh, Damon Roberts, I want to thank you for joining me. I really, again, I appreciate everything you do and I wish you all the best. I want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen to the podcast, your continuous support. I truly appreciate it. You can follow me on, you can follow me on Instagram, conversations underscore with underscore lamp. My Facebook name is also conversations with lamp and you can listen to the podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. Again, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for your support. You all have a great day. Good night.